How you get so much favor on your side? Accept the measure, Lord and Savior, I replied. What's going on, guys? This is just another critic. Welcome back to the channel. It's championship week in college football, uh, where we've got the Pac-12 championship along with ACC, all those big-time conferences, Power 5 conferences. we got Group of 5 championships in the MAC as well as in the AAC. But right now, in particular, we're going to start with the Pac-12 championship. We've got number 5, Utah Utes, 11-1, 8-1 in conference, playing in the Pac-12 championship against the number 13th-ranked Oregon Ducks. Neutral side game, as always. Um, Oregon Ducks, 10-2, 8-1 in conference. And for those of you betting on the game, right now Utah is a 6.5-point favorite. Um, and throughout the year, they are 9-3 against the spread. Oregon, 6-6 six six against the spread. And the over-under sitting at 62.5. Quickly, let's jump into statistics and then get into my own personal thoughts on the game. Utah averaging 35 points per game, defense allowing 11 points per game. The offense is averaging 239 through the air and 214 on the ground. Defense allowing just 185 through the air and just 56 per game on the ground. Oregon, on the other hand, averaging 35 points per game while allowing 15 points per game. Offense is averaging 273 through the air and 178 on the ground. Defense allowing 225 through the air and 106 on the ground. With that said, let's start this thing off by taking a look at Oregon. The first thing that comes to mind for me when you think of Oregon, Justin Herbert and the offensive line, right? The two things that had been talked about most in the mass media, uh, one of the best offensive lines in the country, uh, and they've, they've lived up to that for the most part throughout this season. Justin Herbert, on the other hand, a top, you know, who a lot of analysts and experts are calling a top uh, three, top five quarterback, uh, especially in the NFL draft coming up this season. That's something that I, my, in my personal opinion, I feel like he hasn't really lived up to. Uh, he has the attributes, right? He has the, um, the stature. He's about 6'5". He's around 200 pounds. He's got all the measurables. He's got the statistics, right? He's got 31 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 3,140 yards. But with that being said, if you review his tape, you kind of review some of his games versus better opponents, you've seen areas where he's he's had trouble and he struggled. Most recently, we saw it against ASU where he threw for two touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, but also had a 55% completion percentage. Definitely uh, believe that was the worst for him on the season. If anything, I think his best game was probably against Washington as far as from a, an opponent, strength of opponent standpoint, right? Washington, who's typically got a pretty good secondary. And Justin Herbert was able to go for 280, four touchdowns. Um, pretty clean game overall, and they were able to win 35-31. to 31. Outside of that, anytime he's played um, a defense that has played well throughout the season uh, we saw him versus Cal where he threw for one touchdown one interception he did have a good showing versus Stanford three touchdowns uh, zero interceptions but uh, you know Stanford's kind of been very spotty this season also something to point out it's it's not easy to play at an elite level on a week-to-week -week basis it isn't uh, there are guys out there that make it look that easy but simply it just isn't that easy and so um, while I'm being critical of you know, Justin Herbert, I do think this offense has been very good throughout the season. They've got a lot of explosive players really at most, pretty much every skilled position. You've got CJ Verdell in the backfield and even his backups, Travis Dye and Cyrus uh, Habibi Likio, 
guys that have been giving them production uh, almost on a week-to-week basis, um, even from the backup roles, while CJ had to sit out a few games with injury. Um, injuries has, have also plagued this offense uh, in a few different ways at the wide receiver position. Juwan Johnson coming back late around midseason after he was hurt. Um, and then Johnny Johnson, a guy who stepped up and started giving them big time production while some of their more, um, I guess, elite level wide receivers were out, who was uh, Micah Pittman. We saw Schooler, who came back from injury, but eventually left to go to the transfer portal. Uh, their tight end, Spencer Webb, who was essentially Justin Herbert's favorite target early on in the year. He went out with injury out for the rest of the season. Um, so... It's something that they've had to deal with, but at Oregon, um, I do believe that that's not necessarily one of their weak spots in recruiting. They typically get pretty good guys at the skill position, so um, I understand the experience standpoint, but the guys that are sitting in the lineup right now, we've got two juniors and a senior, Joan Johnson, Jalen Red, and Johnny Johnson Jr. in the backfield, Richard Sophomore, CJ Verdell, um, and then the rest of his backups are also sophomores, so. They are a bit younger in the backfield, but they have been very productive throughout the season. So I don't think it's going to be something to really worry about coming into this matchup with Utah. And while this offense has shown inconsistencies versus better opponents, they can they can explode at any time, right? They're like a fuse on a stick of dynamite. They can score on you at any time with the players that they have in the backfield at the skill positions. That's just the type of uh, personnel that they have. So even though we've seen some inconsistencies, that's always on the table when you're playing a team like Oregon. They can score at any moment at any time if you don't uh, lock into your assignments and do your job. Now, looking at the Oregon defense, I really think it's pretty much the same talking points to take a look at, right? We haven't seen consistency from them on a week-to-week basis. We've sh- we've seen areas of of excellence right from this defense we've seen them play at a high level but just giving you just a little snapshot of how they've played in the past five games while the run defense has played well allowing just 100 yards per game roughly uh, throughout the past five games the pass defense has been getting absolutely torched they are allowing an average of 290 yards per game Um, This is in the past five games, as I repeat, just to make sure you know, this is just a snapshot of how they've played throughout the past five games. Now, you might be thinking, well, I mean, that starts with the DBs, right? We got to get these DBs to play better. Uh, But in reality, yeah, it's nice to have great DBs, but you want to have a better pass rush, right? You want to be able to disrupt the quarterback's timing, um, affect him in the pocket, and you got to make him uncomfortable. If he's sitting back there comfortable with a nice amount of time, anywhere from four plus seconds, four or five plus seconds, that's an eternity for a quarterback so you just can't allow that to happen regardless of how good your dbs are you need a pass rush you need pressure to the quarterback and if you're not getting pressure to the quarterback you need your defensive front to start getting their hands up to start deflecting some balls and making some things happen up front overall this Oregon defense has played well at times we've seen what they can do and what they're capable of they do have a high ceiling if they play to their best and if they play to that level that we've seen them play at Um, but we'll see are they going to do that versus Utah in the Pac-12 championship do they feel like they need to prove themselves in this game how motivated are they to step into this game with the college football playoff no longer on the line we will see right that game will be played on Friday so look out for that With all that said, let's switch gears, take a look at Utah. And whenever I talk about this Utah team uh, to anyone, I've described them and they remind me of what Alabama used to play like, right? Their their style of play, not their talent, all right? So don't get me confused. Their style of play, they love to run the rock and play defense. 
They love to run the rock, play defense, and they have a quarterback who can throw the ball if they need him to, right? He's a game-managing type, but this guy is certainly capable of making plays. That's Tyler Huntley. Their running back is the closest thing you'll get to a Bama back in Zach Moss. He seeks out contact. He gets yards after contact. Um... And he's never going to get brought down by one guy. Uh, I assure you that. If you've ever watched Utah play, you know this guy is a beast when he runs the rock. He runs hard and he gets every single inch that he can, regardless of how many guys are on him. Um, at the skill positions, they're definitely not as talented as some of the more elite teams out there. But guys that have been making plays, we see a guy like Jalen Dixon, who's one of their faster guys, who's, who's going to get those jet sweeps um, and those uh, bigger plays downfield. Uh, Brian Thompson, who's made plays. Another guy, Samson Nakua. So while these guys aren't at that elite level, they have been playmakers for this team. Sometimes they bring in the second string quarterback, Jason Shelley, to uh, go in. Not not really a wildcat, but um, they ask him to run the ball and, and, and really just kind of go out there and make some plays for them. And just to switch it up, throw out a, a different look for the defenses. Um, but this offense overall, like I talked about, they're, they're very similar to what Alabama used to be. They like to run the rock and really just go work off of play actions and then use their quarterback, Tyler Huntley, who is a very good dual threat quarterback to make plays in open space if he needs to, uh, read options and stuff like that. RPO is really just like what the rest of the country is running at times. They do pull those out of the hat, um, with those RPOs. But yeah, this offense runs multiple looks, multiple sets. They're definitely more of a slow and methodical type of offense. They're going to work their way down the field. They're going to eat time off of the clock. And then they're going to punch it in in the red zone, right, with their running back, Zach Moss. If there's any weakness in this offense or any vulnerabilities, I think it's just that sometimes they do start slow. They, they don't really get into rhythm as fast as some of the other teams offensively. Fortunately, that hasn't really been a, an issue for them because of the way their defense has been playing, right? Coming into the season, preseason, this defense uh, was talked up, was hyped up, and they've lived up to it for the most part outside of that USC game. They also struggled versus Washington, but for the most part, for most of the year, they've been locked and loaded, played very well. And really, it started with this front seven, their pass rush, guys like Lecky Fotu, Bradley Anai. Um, and also getting some great play from their uh, linebackers in Francis Bernard, who's got a couple interceptions this season. Then in the secondary, they've played a lot better since getting absolutely torched by USC. Uh, their DB, Jalen Johnson, 10 passes deflected, two interceptions on the year. And then their free safety, Julian Blackman, who's played also very well for them. Four pass breakups and four interceptions. Now, with all that said, I do think there is a vulnerability in the secondary um, and I think if they're going to win this game versus Oregon, they're going to need to play, uh, really just play it safe. Don't allow Oregon to have the big play. Really just make them work their way down the field. Give up small chunk plays. Give up the underneath pass. Nothing over the top. Um, and that's probably going to be the key to success. And, and you know, we're going to find out how well they're able to execute it. As far as how I see this game playing out, I think it's going to be a really good game uh, all the way up until the end. I think uh, this game is going to be predicated on the Utah defense, right? Because if Oregon gets out early and they're not really able to slow Oregon down, they're giving up big plays to Oregon, then they're going to have to change the way they play offense. They're going to have to start throwing the ball more. Um, and whenever you go away from what you typically like to do, it puts you in an uncomfortable position. And so, like I said, I think it's going to be predicated on how well Utah's defense plays. Um, if they play defense well enough to limit those explosive plays that Utah, uh, excuse me, that Oregon is capable of, I think they're going to put themselves in position to play how they like to play, right? Slow down the game, run the ball, play defense, take time off the clock. 
and essentially slow and methodically dominate the game, wear down Oregon. I believe early on in the first half, we're going to see both offenses find success, get those jitters out and get into their rhythm. I think both teams are going to come into this game a little nervous, um, more so Utah, right? Because they've got something to play for and Oregon wanting to prove themselves on a bigger stage. And I think this is going to be not necessarily a shootout, but I do think both offenses find success early on in the first and second quarter. I believe in the second half is where we're going to see Utah start dominating at the line of scrimmage, and that's where they're going to really start to wear on the Oregon Ducks. We're going to see more production from the pass rush, and I think that's going to bleed into uh, Oregon possibly making some you know, ill-advised decisions, turning into some turnovers, going to give Utah some great field position, and that's where we're going to see Utah start to utilize and take advantage of those turnovers, turn those turnovers into points. And I think that's where we'll see Utah... Not necessarily pull away, but get a comfortable lead, maybe two to three possessions, one to two possession lead, and um, we'll see them finish out the game. My final score, Utah wins 31 to 27. Utah wins 31 to 27. I do think this is going to be one of the better games on the year. I think it's going to be a great game regardless of the outcome, and uh, it'll be cool to see a Pac-12 champion in the college football playoff. Um, but we'll see, right? If Utah steps up and they do it, they'll deserve it. If they don't, then I think we'll end up seeing, or not Oregon, but uh, Oklahoma or Baylor finding a spot uh, and essentially wrapping up that fourth spot in the college football playoff. With that being said, I appreciate you guys for listening till the end. If you did, uh, thanks for all the support. Thanks for listening. Like, comment, subscribe. If you have any different opinions or the same opinions or any opinions, you know the deal. Drop them in the comments. Hit me up on social media. Uh, with all that, hope you guys have a great rest of your day, evening, or night. This is just another critic signing off. Peace. His light shine the brightest in the dark. Single mothers know they get my heart.